0: Good morning, everyone. We'll come back again, God willing, to Psalm 119 uh, in the days to come. But today I want us to think about something a bit different. The cave of Adullam, 2 Samuel 22, verses 1 to 2. David departed from there, and we'll see where that was in a minute, and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about four hundred men. Amazing, isn't it, how many people there are in those conditions of distress and debt and discontent. I'd like us to think for a few minutes about this man David and this God-given place where he was able to find shelter, refuge and help in a time of rejection, threat and attack. But this place was also a place where he was able to help others in similar circumstances. As I'm sure you know, that because of envy and jealousy, David's life was in great danger. David was God's chosen king, who was a man after God's own heart. However, Saul was the people's choice because of his physical stature and apparent ability. But in actuality, he was weak and powerless, spiritually that is, and therefore unable to fight the Lord's battles against the enemies or to lead the people of God. As a result, he hated David, and wanted to destroy him in order to establish himself. Can I say, beloved child of God, this situation isn't rare. Even amongst Christians today, and in many churches at this present time, there are many in positions of authority and leadership who are there by their own design, and not by divine calling and appointment at all. So David, after the... God empowered victory over Goliath and the Philistines and much evidence of God working in and through him is hated by Saul who has one purpose and that is to kill him at any cost. As a result of which David is forced to leave after many attempts on his life. He goes to different places amongst the people of God seeking a place of protection and refuge but finds none. He then goes outside the nation to the city of Gath, which was a Philistine stronghold. And there he finds himself in even more danger and has to escape, you remember, by feigning madness. It's a disgrace, but sadly true, that there's often little or no help forthcoming from Christians in your times of desperate need it may well be that actually it's unbelievers that come to your aid. When we call upon our gracious God and Father, he answers by using whoever he will and whoever will respond to his call, even if they are not his own people. And their help must never be rejected. But even though their kindness is invaluable, and I'm sure it is for many of you even today, they're unable to attend to your spiritual needs. However, even if this is or has been your experience, I'm sure of this, that in some way and by some means, God will provide a David, so to say, and a cave of Adullam for you. Just continue to call upon him. This place Adullam was just along the valley of Elah, very near to the place where David had slain the giant Goliath. It was very close to the spot where the power and presence of God had been much in evidence. Perhaps that's where we need to go when we're feeling that life is hard, help is rare, and real friends are few. This is the place where David fought the great giant Goliath, alone but not alone because there he felt and knew that God was with him and gave him the victory. I have to say that when I have felt alone and unsupported and problems seem insurmountable, I have often found that the best place to go is the place of past blessings, to recount and recall the goodness and grace of God helping, providing and protecting in those many past situations. It's often a great encouragement. I would encourage you to go there. This place, Adullam, is a place not only of divine provision and protection, but its name means the justice of the people. You see, David certainly wasn't getting justice from Saul. But when God is directing the way and providing the refuge, his justice and vindication will ultimately be experienced. And after all, that's all that really matters. It doesn't really matter what other people say about us. We don't invite criticism and ridicule, but it'll often come. And what really matters is what God thinks. So his justice and vindication is all that really matters. Regrettably, there are some Christian people who are written off and avoided because of misunderstandings, misinformation and sometimes false accusations. However, it appears to me these are often the very people who are not only experiencing God's provision and protection, but are also being used to offer those very things to others. Are you being falsely accused or maligned today? when in actual fact you're only doing and being where and what you believe God wants you to be? I know exactly what that feels like. I've been there and got the t-shirt, so to say, to prove it. The main thrust of my conviction for today's message is that David attracted to Adullam those who in many ways were in a similar situation to himself, but perhaps for st- for different reasons. I have learned that it's almost impossible to help others or provide a place of solace and safety unless you've experienced those difficulties or similar difficulties and troubles and extremities yourself. That's true of the Lord Jesus, isn't it? When we think of his high priestly ministry, scripture reassures us of his ability and suitability to help, comfort and meet the needs of his people, because he was in all points tempted and tested, like as we are, sin apart, of course. I would like you to notice that those who came to David when he where he was, were not only family, but everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented. What a list of needy people. But they certainly knew where to go, Those in distress, the expression is invariably used in Scripture for those who are in a tight corner because of enemies. The word means to be in a narrow place or to be confined or disabled by circumstances or people. And that clearly Me. And in particular, it has the idea of being restricted by those who have become your enemies. Here are clearly those who shared David's situation of danger from those who hated them. And David was the man that could help them because of his experience in that very matter, as I've already said. Are we aware that the difficulties and trials through which we pass are permitted and designed? to equip us to be used in God's service to meet the need of others. Then it says those in debt. This is what scripture calls usury, or unjust use of money in relation to the poor. It's when instead of giving, money is loaned at exorbitant rates of interest. Or perhaps it could mean that there are those who are suffering financially, but instead of being supported by those who have more than they need, are despised and forsaken by them. Remember that hymn that says, We lose what on ourselves we spend. We have as treasure without end whatever, Lord, to thee we lend, who give us all. Just remember that what you've got, what God has committed to your trust, Belongs to Him. He's the one that gave it. He's the one that enabled you to obtain it. And we need to hold it for Him and for those who need it around us. Those people that are in special circumstances of financial need. Those discontented. It's a word translated from two words, meaning bitterness of soul. I believe it has the idea of emotional grief, bitterness and sorrow through experiences that have caused inner wounding like an open sore. And I can tell you there is an almost innumerable amount of dear souls, believers and those not yet saved, whose hearts are breaking, Whose lives are devastated by bereavement, divorce, loneliness, poverty, and loss of almost every conceivable grief and sorrow? Are we sensitive to those people? Are we seeking to help those people? And I just want to say to you, dear friend, this morning, are you feeling like that this morning? Are there things that have happened, or are continuing to happen to you that make you cry out for the cave of Adullam? What I believe is so terribly sad is that there aren't very many homes where our heavenly David, the Lord Jesus, is so very evidently present. Homes where the occupants are opening, wanting, or rather wanting to open their doors, and be available to meet the need of such people. Can I appeal to those Christians listening this morning, if God has given you a home, use it for God and for those in need. Apart from your own body, that home of yours is the greatest and most valuable asset and possession you have. Why do so few believers use their homes to serve God in helping God's people and others who are not yet his people by opening that amazing treasure he has committed to your trust. Is your home a veritable cave of Adullam? Scripture says of that place in Micah chapter 1 and verse 15, Adullam, the glory of Israel. I believe that particularly in these last days, a Christian's home that is open to the needy is truly a modern-day Adullam, the glory of God's people and of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Hebrew and Chaldean lexicon to the Old Testament scriptures provides notes supporting Adullam as meaning a hiding place. The Hebrew and English lexicon of the Old Testament cite the Arabic word Adull to mean turn aside and suggest that Adullam means a retreat, a refuge. I conclude by quoting the first two verses of Mark chapter 2. Jesus entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house and immediately many were gathered together. What is your home? What is my home? Is it a place where Jesus is? Because if it's known that he is in the house, the needy will gladly come and they will find help and blessing there. God, enrich your souls through this meditation and make us all more useful in his service and for the blessing of others. God bless his word.